The word hope means to believe that something good can happen. I'm Heather, and this is my sister Beth. Separated by the pandemic and living on different continents, we wanted to do something together to encourage ourselves and our friends. 10 Minute Hope Show was born. This is a place for stories of hope to encourage us along the way. We are so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to the 10 Minute Hope Show. I'm Heather and this is Beth and we are so hey. glad that you hey are here with us today. Um, today, Beth has a story to share with us um, that is really interesting and it's a story that I'd never heard before. Um, and so I'm guessing most of you will feel the same way. Um, and so here, let's let's get into it, Beth. Teach yes. us your wisdom. Well, it's not my wisdom. I'm just it's the wisdom from above. Yes, the wisdom from the story. Okay, so this is a story about a Native American chief of the Omaha people, of the Omaha tribe. So he saw, this is at the turn of the century, he saw these changes coming. Which century? The, so between um, the 1800s to the 1900s. Yeah. So he saw these things, these changes happening. Um, and this is a story about how he depended on God to help him and his tribe to navigate what was coming. Mm -hmm. So um, the chief of the Omaha before this was Big Elk. So, and he chose his adopted son to be the next chief of his people um, after him. And this son was of Ponca, it's another Native American tribe and French Canadian ancestry. And his name was Joseph Lafleche. Both Big Elk and Joseph saw these changes coming as European settlers were pushing from the East Coast across the Western Plains. Um, and so they were located in um, the very, the Western part of um, Iowa and then Nebraska. So a little bit North, you know, of, of what is current day Omaha. So Big Elk believed, Big Elk believed that Joseph would help preserve the Omaha people and prepare them for the changes happening in their land. So Joseph had a very difficult task in front of him. The convoluted landscape of options offered to Native Americans in the late 1800s and early 1900s would have been difficult for anyone to navigate. To give his family and his tribe the best outlook, he instituted large scale changes, such as wood frame houses, farming, not giving his daughters the face tattoos usually given to the children of a chief, um, religious and educational changes. So he kept the religious customs of the Omaha, but he also sought out missionary pastors who were in the area to ask questions about God and the Bible. One day in a discussion about the Bible with a pastor, this missionary pastor, and the Bible's practicality for life, the missionary reverend Hamilton, he read Joseph a verse from John verse, uh, or chapter 18, verse 36. He said, this is Jesus talking. Jesus uh, was talking to Pilate at this point. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. So Joseph sat still for a long time and said he could hear no more. He needed to think on what he just heard. A few days later, he returned and was alive in a way that the reverend had not seen before. And Joseph said, I cannot make a man good by issuing an order. I can say to a man, you build a house and live in it and no longer live in a tent and he will go and do it. But I cannot say to a man, your heart is bad. Have a good heart hereafter. Mm -hmm. There is something over which no man, however great his authority, even if it is as great as the great father at Washington, 
can have control. Over that, God alone can rule. Mm. So Joseph learned that God alone can rule a person's heart. So also, um, Joseph sent his children to the Christian missionary school three miles from their house and taught his children that education would be the most important element for their success in this new world. His children went to universities. His daughter, Susan, became the first Native American, not just Native American woman, but Native American to graduate medical school. Wow. She returned to the Omaha people and served them as their doctor and opened the first hospital. So she would travel all over the place because at this time, um, each family had their own land, which was, you know, acres and acres of land um, that was theirs. And so she would travel in between them, go making house calls. Um, even after they had the hospital, she would do this um, over the very treacherous terrain of, you know, the winters in Nebraska. Um, but she did this because of her faith, because she wow. was a believer and um, she, this was her calling in life was to take care of her people. Wow. She actually became a doctor because when she was younger, the, um, they only had, you know, European descent, um, doctors. And one time there was a native American woman who was very sick and she observed, um, the, the white doctor, not caring about the woman as much as, as if she thought that she, he should have yeah. been. So yeah. after that, she decided to become, um, a doctor to her people. And so she mm. did. And she just um, was amazing. She also instituted many new public health, um, you know, teaching them about how about hygiene. Um, lots of education was also in her role there. Mm. Um, so another one of uh, the daughters of Joseph was Suzette, and she became the first Native American teacher. Um, on the reservation. And then his son, Francis, was the first professional Native American ethnologist. So he researched and he wrote extensively and preserved many of the Omaha music and culture and history um, pieces of their people. Wow. So his children also all served as successful lobbyists. They advocated on behalf of the Omaha people in numerous local, state, and national laws and regulations um, during as they um, were adults. So his legacy, Joseph's legacy, is one of preparing his people for the next season of, of life for them, of what was the reality around mm. them. His hard work gave them their own land education, medicine, peace, and Christianity without the loss of their culture and their heritage. His foundational view was shown in a letter that he wrote to his brother. He says, I did not say abandon your Indian life. I did not say live as a white man, nor did I say as an Indian, but again, I say it depend upon God. Remember mm. him for if instead of remembering God, you love this world alone, you shall be sad. You shall surely be sad in the future. God is ahead of us. We will go to him. So the Omaha reservation is still in Nebraska. Um, and Susan LaFleche's hospital is actually currently being restored um, to its original glory. It was a really beautiful place full of light, um, one that she architecturally designed. Um, so yeah, so that's the story of Joseph LaFleche, um, the chief of the Omaha people. Wow. Oh, that's just such an in inspiring and amazing story. Um, wow. That's really cool. I think um, what stood out to me, and as we were talking about this earlier, you had said this, that um, he looked at what he had 
looked, I don't know what's dinging on my phone. He looked at what he had and what he, his sphere of influence was, was his tribe, right? He didn't look at the whole country of America and say, this is bad. Let's go storm Washington. He like, he looked at his sphere of influence and he said, and he essentially submitted it to God. And he said, okay, God, this is what I have. How can you help me move forward into you know, what we're now calling, you know, the new normal, you know, how do we move into the future, the changes that are on the horizon? Um, and God gave him wisdom and God gave him help and his family. It's just really interesting. What is beeping? Um, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love what you were saying too, about, um, kind of what is wisdom? Um, oh, right. Yeah. Dan and I did a study course And um, one of the classes was about how wisdom is to align with reality, right? If if you are wise, you're living in a wise way, then Mm. you are aligned with reality. And that's what this chief did, right? He didn't deny that changes were coming to his land and his people, um, but he had wisdom. So he aligned with reality. He, He acknowledged this is, this is happening, whether we like it or not. And so how do we move forward wisely? And in order to do that, you have to kind of accept like that things are changing, whether we like it or not. And I think for us, like we've, we've all lived through changes in the last two years and um, it's all very well and good to say, oh, well, I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen and just do my best. But it's a lot, if we can align with the reality of this has happened and then look Mm -hmm. at what is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm responsible I'm responsible for my job, for my home, for my family. And um, I think it's Mm -hmm. easy uh, to look at all the things going on in the world and try to chase different issues down and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be mad about this and upset about this and Mm -hmm. this thing and this thing, and all these things that are actually outside of my realm of responsibility. And Mm -hmm. then I drain myself from having any authority and energy reserves to deal with the things that are in my, so like, let's say I spend all day reading the news, getting mad about stuff and which doesn't have to be how you respond to the news, but sometimes it will be right. And then my children need dinner and I'm like, Oh, I can't feed you because I'm so emotionally drained from all of these external things that actually I don't have any control over. So I guess for us, a great application would be to say, okay, God, what is my you know, realm of authority, what is my responsibility and mm-hmm. how can I help my family or, you know, the people around me to navigate this season? Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and I loved what you said too, about you gave the um, illustration oh, right. of Zorro. Right. <laughs> so we're, yeah. So in the mask of Zorro, he, which is a movie, he, has this guy. So Zorro is this guy and he wants to avenge himself on this other guy who I can't remember his name. So he he wants to fight this other guy, the bad guy. Um, But his trainer, his master makes him fight inside of this circle, like in this cave. Right. And he's only allowed to fight within the circle. And he learns, learns all the different moves of, you know, like how to fight in the circle. And he says, I don't want to, and it's a physical circle he's standing in. And he says, I don't want to sit here fighting in in the circle with this cave. I want to go fight that guy. And the master says, he will come into your circle soon enough. And the idea was, if you focus on, if he focused on fighting well, 
where he was standing, then wherever he was standing, he would fight well. And I think that's true of our families as well. If we focus on what's in our sphere of influence, then other things like there will become things, the issues of the world will come across our plate soon enough. Um, But if we have a habit of focusing on what's on our plate, what's in front of us, Mm -hmm. then on our, you know, in our actual responsibility sphere, then, um, then we'll be ready for those Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to, do you want to read that verse again? Yeah. Um, so this was, you know, Jesus talking to Pilate. Um, so this is in John 18, 36. Um, and Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. Um, and I, yeah, I think that that's just such a good reminder to us about um, eternity and that this, you know, if Jesus didn't fight in that moment, right, if he didn't like we don't we need to take a you know a page from his playbook about what fights to pick (laughs) right he was his job was to obey god like what did god tell him to do and in that moment that was his hour of of surrendering to god and just you know so we need to do the same what is god what are we supposed to do what is what is in front of us that we're supposed to be doing and um and do that be obedient yeah in, in that so yes and like joseph's story like his obedience to God for his own specific life and tribe that, that, that ended up blessing so many people, right. His entire, mm-hmm. you know, sphere was, was blessed by that. Um, so for sure. yeah, it's yeah. Good. all right, well, let me pray for us and then we'll be done. Okay. Um, dear God, thank you for this story and this example, um, from history of someone that gave their life to you and that entrusted you. And so I just pray for us and for all of our friends who are listening, Lord, that you will teach us how to submit our lives and this season of life to you and surrender um, sort of our expectations that we had for the future and our lives and ask you to lead us and guide us as we enter the new, the new normal, the new, whatever's next in our lives, because we know that no matter what happens, you always have a plan that you are the master weaver. You can always weave together, um, a new story from whatever strands are left. And so, um, and you can bring in new threads and new colors that we never expected. And so, um, yeah, pray that you help us to just submit our lives to you in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. 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 Well, yeah. Thanks you guys for um, joining us for the 10 minute hope show. We hope you join us again um, next time. Bye guys. Bye.